Can you hear me okay in this yeah. distance, or should I like back away? Yeah. You're good there. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Just make cool. yourself comfortable. Um, so, welcome to Pultis. This is the second time we're recording this. Yes. <laughs> Because we kind of went off tangent last time, so do you want to... three hours last time. (laughs) Yeah. We talked about everything. Yeah, I did not want to edit that. You didn't want to edit it? No. Aww. It was three hours. Okay. I still have it. Okay, fine. I thought it was for sentimental value, bitch. Okay. (laughs) So, joining me today is... Valentina Rodriguez Zapata. But y'all could just call me Val. It's okay. Yeah, do you want to... Say more about yourself. So I'm a senior at Parsons. I'm in my thesis here. I'm a women's wear major, I guess, fashion design major, minoring in theater. And my thesis is about body inclusivity and in different societies and cultures. And I'm a Leo with the moon (laughs) in my Scorpio. So hit me up. Um, So, uh, I just wanted to talk about, since your thesis kind of touches, like, our thesis are kind of similar, because I've decided to use real women instead of fit models as well, so it kind of... <laughs> you guys can't see what Val just mouths what's my thesis on. <laughs> so, so um, most of, if you've listened to the other other episodes, you would... Or you're probably tired of me <laughs> explaining it over again, but I think it's good practice. Is um, it alternative medicine? It's basically um, reclaiming undergarments and giving them a better purpose rather than they're, they've been historically um, harmful to the female form. So I'm giving them like an alternative useful purpose that helps with our body issues physically, mentally. So literally, our thesis is our first cousins. <laughs> Okay, dope. I'm into this. Um, so yeah, like the alternative medicine thing, it's still being experimented with, but I'm having a hard time like trying to incorporate these natural remedies into like a corset. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if people would want to wear something that like is sticky. I think something with like a green tea line infused lining or something like in yeah between. that's yeah 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 like some element like if they Good feel like a little bit point. of peppermint or something that yeah. can like alleviate like yeah. cramps or something just an idea yeah good know. idea good talk yeah. if not it just smells good yeah people yeah. like good true. <laughs> true and those infused things are really like popular right now people pay big money for it yeah yeah just saying yeah lululemon hashtag capitalism <laughs> so i just wanted to ask you about um just like, um, I guess like a passing down of female knowledge okay. from your mother or your grandmother because knowledge, well, for my mom, knowledge was medicine. Like she knew what mm-hmm. she was giving me. So that was her form of having knowledge and then having power because she knows about, that's like her turf. Yeah. So I was wondering if you had something similar. It doesn't have to be natural medicine. It could be like values. Um, Literally anything. Let's just keep it. Respect the relationship, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know I could go off on a tangent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we could talk about undergarments. Okay. Yeah. I'm Cuban Colombian. Yeah. And I'm from Miami, so the industry of plastic surgery and body contouring is heavy back home. Like fajas, fajas, girl, fajas. <laughs> I started wearing, I myself started wearing fajas when I was 10, because they're like, oh, wow. your body's forming, you're growing into a woman. This was more on the Colombian side, and mm-hmm. my mom got very heavy into this, because, you know, she used to spend her summers in Colombia. We didn't go to She's fucking, Colombian. She's Cuban and Colombian okay. on that side. Mm-hmm. But she's Cuban, like, Cuban f- before the revolution, first generation, mm-hmm. which is very different than what kind of Cuban I am, because my dad came here in the 80s, and that was after the Castro regime took over, so it's a very different class. So she came, her mom came from Cuba in 1959, very different class, but her father's Colombian. Um, they used to spend their summers in Colombia, because obviously in Cuba, that wasn't a thing until yeah. like a year or two not, ago. Not a thing. And even then, we might fucking get detained, because as first generation, or my mom and I, we could still get detained for not fulfilling our um, military duty. Mm. Even though we're just first generation, yeah. they identify us as citizens there Mm -hmm. even though we never applied yeah so either way so she spent a lot of time in columbia so she was raised with this thought that once you like start puberty like the minute you get your period your body's changing like i had i was you know 
getting a little bit swollen on my chest when I was like eight and whatever, wearing like in my training bra. And they were like, here's a faja. And it helps you shape your waist and it gives you a more womanly figure. Just, just so people who don't know what faja is. A faja is a girdle. Okay. It's yeah. just a girdle, but it's something a lot cuter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, but, you know, there's a thing called Colombian fajas, which is literally the undergarments that they give you after you have any abdominal surgery, like a tummy tuck or mm. liposuction to help keep your skin tight. Does this include pregnancy? Shaven. Like after giving birth? I think it's a different no. undergarment, okay. but it can follow under the same category depending how core, how hardcore the woman gets, I guess. So hard, so fajas are like hardcore. Very hardcore. It's okay. a 0.3 latex. It's actually the latex I was planning on using for my project. Uh-huh. My entire collection is made out of latex. I made an entire outfit out of them and I couldn't breathe in it. Ew. I grew up wearing this faja and it had two layers of neoprene. One on the interior, one on the exterior. It's meant to make you sweat while you work, so it trims, it slims you down. They're meant to be very tight to hold everything in, and they're meant for post-operative... Um, uh, cosmetic surgery. Cosmetic surgery, but a lot of women wear them on a daily basis to help waist train. They're the OG waist trainers, and Kim Kardashian did not find it. The Colombians did. <laughs> I'm just going to say that now. And um, I had my first one when I was 10. I literally just got rid of all my fajas. A year and a half ago, wow. I had, like, 14 in my closet. Oh, my God. I never wore them. I wore them sometimes. Like, in my preteens, I used to always wear them because it helped me, like, for my waist and whatever. Like, it was just a thing. But after I started my work and, like, my passion, like, trying to figure out, like, why is there this, like, stigma of, like, body in mm-hmm. its way? Like, why do we always have to, like, be changing it? Why aren't we just happy? And nothing wrong with body modifications at all. Like, do it, but do it for you, not because, you know, that... Media. You know, yeah, the (laughs) Kardashian-dominated society that we have. Sorry, not everyone can have big boobs, a big butt, and a tight tummy. Like, you have to... The perfect 10 doesn't exist. You have to pay to be the perfect 10. Yeah. I'm going to be my own 10. Um, I'm going on a (laughs) tangent. But you... We were, uh, so going... Back around any besides the faha, what did you did your did Monica Monica bestow any other kind of wisdom? Monica wasn't that bad about it. I had some aunts that would tell me that a good uh, yes uh, the tight, aunts the aunts the a good, I had my tias both sides I tias. I had an aunt that would tell me that told me I was like, a really good tight tummy tightening technique is if you suck it in for ten minutes your stomach and breathe it out for ten seconds like suck it in suck it out and that so yoga yoga but just for your abdomen like while you're it's kind of like yeah you're just like working out your tummy yeah. and like you could do it in the car or while you're in the grocery store whatever just suck it in mm-hmm. suck it out suck it in suck it out and that was one thing um i'm thinking my dad was huge on bra straps what no twisted <laughs> bra straps because it would make you look cheap i was like okay and to this day he is so keen on the whole bra strap situation and he's very keen on how often does a woman wash her bra straps because you could tell if she lifts her arms and a little bit of the bra showing and like he's very keen on like depending on how a woman takes care of her bra shows how much she takes care of herself where do you think he picked that up his mom i think my grandma and also she was a hairstylist so like Oh, they notice everything. They know hairstylists know everything. (laughs) Hairstylists and florists, y'all be careful. They know everyone's business. And so I think, like, since my grandma was so keen on, like, seeing little bits of, like, germs and whatnot. And my dad worked in a hospital. My mom worked in a hospital. Okay. So they were very big on hygiene. Yeah. In my house. And, like, you know, growing up in Florida, my, you know, you had a white sweater, white sneakers. I had a stain on them. You throw them in the pool. You leave them for three days. You come back. They're optic white. Like. In the pool? In the pool because of chlorine. Okay. I picked up all the stains. Marvelous. I miss my pool so much. Everything's eggshell color, an eggshell shade now. It's oh, terrible. no. But, you know, my dad was very big on undergarments and, um, you know, whale tails on that show. Like, when a thong's popping out of your pants, he's like, they, your pants are not fitting right or your underwear is too tight. Like, pick one or the other. It's not a flattery look. So he was very big on that. Both my parents were very big on, you know, me washing my face and, like just i don't know just personal hygiene yeah. habits they were just very big on that my dad my but my dad was like huge huge oh and bra strap showing oh yeah you're he right he never thought no the twisted, oh, the twisted but he never thought a bra strap should show you should be you should be wearing a strapless if your bra strap's showing you have no business wearing whatever you're wearing it's like okay 
gotcha. He's like, it's not sexy. I was like, all right, cool. Do you think his cultural background kind of influenced that? Is that a thing that... You know, no, because no. he came out of time. The Okay, so he came on the Meryl Boatlift, which is the same, uh, like, project that Scarface's character came on. So Scarface? Was, yeah, he came on the Meryl oh, Boatlift, and he was eight, eight, nine years old. And that was of a very, um, you know, the whole basis of this rescue mission was that Castro sent over um, people that were in jail, homosexuals, and people in asylum. Right. Because the states were like, bring us your people, we're going to bring aid to them, we want to help them and give them shelter here. He's like, fine. So he gave them, like, his, like, worst of the worst in his definition. And then families, some families, like, my grandfather conned his way in to getting on it. He had one of his friends that was a cop say that he was a thief and then oh. my grandmother was a drug dealer. Oh, man. They had kids, so automatically the kids had to go. But then they noticed that my grandparents are homeowners in Cuba and that if they left, the house would go directly to my great-grandmother, but then the fucking communist, well, not communism, dictatorship, they realized that if my, grand, my great-grandmother also left, the house would automatically become the government's and they had more properties. Yeah. So they just sent my dad, my uncle, and my grandmother just out of, by default. And my grandparents were forged fugitives. So. Yeah. So it wouldn't have It influenced. wasn't that. No, because also it's at a time when undergarments weren't a real big thing in Cuba. Mm. The regime had just taken over. Like, you could drop out of school in the second grade and no one gives a shit. Uh, okay. Um, just the class level was so low. It was popular and it was very, it was just a very normal thing to say, oh, what a slut. And like, to just like be very promiscuous it wasn't it was a very more of a dirty class at that point Mm -hmm. i think my dad kind of like learned this when he moved here yeah and he kind of like formed his own opinions the Uh fact that you know he was the first college graduate and yeah he was just a little bit more refined compared to the rest of that side yeah it kind (laughs) of sounds like he went against the values of how women are perceived oh most definitely yeah most definitely he's he goes against the norm it's he doesn't i mean my dad he's such a slut let's be honest (laughs) But it's so true. But he does understand and acknowledge the respect of women. And he upholds them at a standard in a way. That he's like, treat yourself the way you deserve to be treated in a way. Mm -hmm. Like, take care of you. He's just all about, like, self-love and self-care. Okay. In its way. He's not saying for you to, like, be a size two and, like, this is how you should be. Love yourself like that. But it's like, no, just take time and care for you. Just, like, whatever makes you happy. But at the same time, like... Just make yourself. Yeah. Just, just give yourself the value that you deserve, in its way. Yeah. I could agree with. Yeah. I think a lot of first generations start to like think that way, and mm-hmm. they they tend to like move away from what their parents think are, um, like appropriate or yeah. like ladylike. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely happened with me and mm-hmm. my parents. Like I used to. Okay, I mean, it it seems kind of vulgar, but I would, at home, nobody is around. I would, like, kind of open my legs and just, like, sit however I like. Slouch, yeah. And my dad was like, close those legs. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I know I have And I'm that. like, no one's looking. Yeah. I always, just... I always got shit for walking the house barefoot. What? Yeah, because we had oh, tile floors. Too. And they said that the cold will seep into your feet and make you infertile. I was like, I oh, don't that's care. that's weird. They're like, you're damaging your ovaries. I was like, it's fine. I'll adopt. <laughs> Mine wasn't for the same that. reason, but okay. What was yours? I think it was just cleanliness, because you know how in Asian homes you have to be like Aren't, not wearing shoes, I mean, yeah. slippers. You have junk clothes. I have chancletas, but like I never wear them. I'm too lazy. Oh, I wear them only when I go get the mail. Cause I've I, it's become a habit. They've like oh. ingrained it. In I love how you know the word chancleta. Mean sandal, guys. <laughs> also, a chancleta is also a lethal weapon. If yeah. If your kid's acting like a brat, you freaking you take it out and you whack them. It's the Asian equivalent of chopsticks. That's lethal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Poor kids. Speaking of ovaries, um, do you 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 prefer to use like Western, I guess, phar- pharma medicine instead of alternative, or do you try to? Um, uh, play with a little bit of alternative herbal before you like have to. I like to steer clear from even like prescriptions or yeah. medications. I feel as if the body really does build a tolerance, and you're just gonna need more and more and more, and then one day you're just gonna be totally like 
out of it, I feel like, yeah. zenned out because of how much you're taking. Mm-hmm. Um, when I have my period, let's be honest, I get that heating. I whip out the heating pad. I will pop two Advils. I'm saying that right now because it's the quickest solution for me, no matter what I've tried. Mm-hmm. I'll pop two Advils and I'll, like, you know, just lay in bed. And that's I- it. Um, other times, though, I'll try my very best to, like, steer away. Like, if I catch myself getting a sinus infection or, like, a cold or something, I will whip out the oranges, I'll whip out the tea, I'll get my boiling pot of hot water with a spoonful of Vicks in it, and I'll breathe in deep and (laughs) clear all my passageways. Mm -hmm. Like, I try to avoid any form of medicine Mm -hmm. as possible. Like Western. Like Western, yeah. Which sucks in a way, because I do have a deviated septum, so I um, I get sinus infections three to four times a year. It's not pretty. So my other alternative would I always end up needing prescriptions. Mm-hmm. I just I just try to prolong it as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the other alternative is for me to get surgery and not get any more. Mm-hmm. So that's something I'm like trying to like deal with now and like decide like mm-hmm. should I just get this fixed and I don't have to worry about getting sick so often. But there's so much that goes into just that that I'm like, is that the same about as like a lifetime of nasal congestion? Yeah, yeah. It's all about like. Weighing out the pros and cons, yeah. Yeah. And in terms of taking care of yourself when you're on your period, is are those methods like um, something your mom kind of guided you through, or did you pick up from your peers? Oh, that was my mom completely. When I had my period, she just like she knew. She brought me my six piece chicken nuggets, and (laughs) I still get chicken nuggets to this day when I have my period. Second day, first day, you know it. And I lay down in bed. She'd she's so funny she's such a little hippie she will get the heating pad she'll press down on my stomach and then like touch my forehead and she swears (laughs) she's bringing positive energy to me from healing power and it's so cute of her and like i feel her enthusiasm that i'm like oh so i'm like okay and like this low-key's working but i think it's just the placebo effect (laughs) and she's like and she'll give me like two advils with water and then i think i kind of incorporated the whole tea thing yeah like, just thinking antioxidants mm-hmm. and, like, the warmth going into my body will, like, actually soothe everything. Mm-hmm. And that's, that. I think that's what I've incorporated. But the rest, that was Monica. Oh, man. That sounds really nice. Monica's hilarious. Monica take care of me when I'm on my Whenever period. you're sick, she'll, like, get your problems and just touch them. And she <laughs> swears she's got, like, this power and it's, like, just gonna go through Where you. did she learn that from? I don't know. She swears she's a clairvoyant, dude. She, like, <laughs> reads palms and shit, like, fun. <laughs> she gets, she, I don't know. She swears that her energy will manifest. I was like, oh, Isn't that, like, the secret? Yeah, she read that a few times. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> she used to, like, go to fucking Tony Robbins and James Ray when I was growing up. Like, all of their seminars. And, like, she oh, wow. about that universal energy. Oh, wow. And she's like, just manifest it to the world. And I find myself, like, chanting sometimes things to the universe. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm Catholic. Like, okay, cool. Does she use um, rocks? No, but I have rocks. <laughs> you have, okay, what do you I use have, rocks for? So, I have this one brown rock. I have no idea what the fuck it's called. I went to dead camp once. What is yes. dead camp? Okay, so, I'm just going to rewind in my life right now. <laughs> my stepmother is a counselor for, um, well, she was a counselor for a hospice center. Okay. You know, like, those clinics that help pre- pre- um, prepare people to die and accept their death and, like, make them as comfortable as possible. She worked for a Catholic organization for hospice. And she directed this three-day camp kids who were going through a lot of grief who have lost loved ones and i've lost multiple loved ones throughout my life i was like 15 when this was happening one of her friends is a healing therapist she does reiki and she does meditation and she does rock therapy she brought everyone a healing rock what rock it is i don't know i'll send pics and i named him fred and fred charges with the sun and I swear to you, sometimes when I'm having a headache or there's a little cramp because my fucking POS, PCOS isn't working, like it's just acting bad again, I will put Fred wherever it hurts and Fred kind of helps me out a little bit. Oh. I don't know what kind of rock he is, but I think it's just me because I was like low-key hypnotized in that session that I swear <laughs> he works. Yeah, I've heard about Reiki from another person. They said that it was so I've done Reiki for three years actually. Yeah. Was, was so it? this wasn't Reiki. This was just rock therapy. Just uh-huh. rock therapy. I've been doing Reiki. I only trust one lady. She's in Miami. And she's half the cost of all these New York bitches, okay? Um, 
my lady's name is Elizabeth, beautiful Colombian lady. It's kind of just like a, just aligning your chakras. Yeah. Opening up your third eye. And I swear to you, that is actually something very out of body for me. And that's actually more, that's more healing to me than like basic therapy. I've done therapy so many times, like psychologicals and whatever. I've done it. I've done it all. Aromatherapy, done it. Everything. Um, this, I feel, has been like the most affected with me. Effective. Mm-hmm. She literally just, she senses an energy, dude. She will, she, when she first met me, she's like, water calms you down. Water, like, just washes you over. When you're stressed, mm-hmm. you need water. Like, just the sound of it, the feel of it, the taste of it, everything. You need water. And she was so right. I never realized it. I think growing, since I'm a Leo, I'm a fire sign, I kind of like need to be washed <laughs> over sometimes. And I grew up near the beach. Like, it was, it's just like my element. Yeah. Like, Fuck, you're right. Oh my God. Yeah, I need to go to a Reiki. I'm going to come visit you and then we'll go to my girl. She's we'll amazing. go together or something. She's bomb. She does it in her house. It's like really clean and like she's just very spiritual. She brings me all these oils and like. Oh, yes. I heard about oils. She focuses on stuff. So like she like senses your pains. Whatever. Yeah. She'll like put her own rocks yeah. on you and like massage that area and just like really bring focus to it and you feel so at ease and so centered at the end of it it's just a very deep meditative session Uh yeah everyone that has talked about reiki that i've spoken to say that it's been really effective and it just you just feel so light afterwards you really do yeah Yeah. my only problem is that here especially there's so many people because i just get trained and certified for anything i could literally become an ordained minister in the next 10 minutes of my life if i wanted um, that so many people sort of like that they train in Reiki, that they're a Reiki instructor. It's like, how long have you been doing this? Oh, three months. And it's like, <laughs> not going to lie. You don't look yeah. that centered. So it's, it's difficult finding someone, but once you find them, don't let go. Like wifey, <laughs> let's go. Um, going back to your mom, did her mom teach her how to deal with periods or did she kind of was just her all on her mom? own? I think so. But my mom was more raised by my great grandmother. Okay. Um, and I think with my, my mom too. Yeah. Yeah. Not by her great grandmother. Her her, her grandmother, grandmother. My great grandmother. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because my grandma had my mom very young. She was sixteen. She was always working. Um. I think my mom got her period when she was like eleven, and I know my uncle was like two at that point. So she was like raising a baby, and my mom was always being taken care of by my great grandma. Um. I think my great grandma taught her. I think my great grandmother loved Advil too. Okay. I think we kind of learned the same thing, except she had, like, you know, the bag of water or, like, the bag of rice. You uh, heat it up. Oh, okay. And then you, like, pop put it, it like, in a microwave. Well, yeah. 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 Pop it, like, put it in a sock yeah. and then just, just press it yeah. against. I think she had, like, the same thing. Uh-huh. Honestly. What's she had? Yeah, no. I think yeah. that's just the same exact thing. Um, that's so weird that our moms were taken care of by our great-grandmothers. I think it's also, like, the time as well. And I, I don't know. I, I, I was kind of raised by, like, my grandmas, too. Like, I had a room up there. Yeah, same. There's something I think about non, like, full-on... Well, even some American families, too, I feel. But it's more anything besides, like, just full-on American. Mm-hmm. There's, like, this huge thing about family unity and, like, yeah. having, like, the entire family. Like, it takes yeah. the village to raise a child. Yeah. So, like, I had to have my room in each grandparent's house. I was within, like, a five-mile radius of both of them, like... I, was, they lived with me. <laughs> see, my grandparents on my mom's side are my next door neighbors. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I knew everything. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like a, um, maybe like an immigrant family kind of thing, too. That, too. Like, that whole sense of unity and, like, support family, for one another. Yeah. It's nice. You know, when I was in high school and I got my driver's license, it was hard. I lived two hours away from my high school, but it was a great high school. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to miss that opportunity. Yeah. The minute I was 16, my mom's like, I need you to get your license. And it was so expensive to get a car or to pay car insurance for a 16-year-old mm-hmm. that my grandparents just gave me their spare car because yeah. their business was a mile away and they could just take one car. And that came in handy. Like, just the fact that they were my neighbors, I was able to do that. Yeah. If I needed sugar, I could literally just go to my grandparents' house, take the sugar, and they don't question it. They'll mm-hmm. be like, hey, did you take the milk? Yeah, I'll get you some more tonight. Cool. <laughs> just call it a dick. It was amazing. Yeah, it's just, like, women in, like, generation of women, they're just always there to support you most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> some some of them could be catty bitches. Yes. But. Anyway. <laughs> Onward. <laughs> Onward. So now we're going to, since we're both fashion majors, um, and we both kind of saw how 
we don't want to work in like a standard fashion like yeah. setup system whatever yeah. you want to call it um do you want to talk about how you see the fashion system right now and how you think they can improve on stuff and um maybe the future okay hmm. that's that's a loaded question yeah but, I got but we you. know we know we're educated yes ish um you know, I think right now we're at a very big turning point. We're bringing in a lot of people of diverse cultures and, you know, people with disabilities and of different, that look different than what you see on the runway. You know, we have Ashley Graham now, a household name of plus size yeah. fashion. If I see Ashley Graham one more time, I think I might vomit, but I'm appreciative <laughs> that she's there. Yes. My only thing is, why is she the only one there right now? When we have, you know, one of the Kardashian sisters came out with a curvy, conscious de- denim line for Nordstrom. And no, there's not. That's it. And then we have Fashion Nova, a curvy, conscious, um, inexpensive fashion line. But if you go on their website, everyone's very highly yes. photoshopped. Or and they all look like the Kardashians. Off. They are all showing off their newest bum or chest, and it's <laughs> like, stop! Yeah, I don't look like that. Come on! Yeah. Uh, um, I didn't know Fashion Nova was like a body positive. Well, they're supposed it's to be. It's very body conscious. Cardi B swears by it. <laughs> I love Cardi B. <laughs> one of my one of my models, she could only buy Fashion Nova jeans or the only jeans that oh, fit wow. her because she's very hippie. She has mm-hmm. a thirty four inch. Uh, waist with a 48 and a half and a half inch hip oh wow she has very big thighs mm-hmm. beautiful girl beautiful but jeans just don't fit her i kind of envy those with thick butts oh my god i can't even lie like <laughs> amazing uh, but um you know the intention's there yeah but the execution i think is a little bit half-assed these days mm-hmm. you know brands like chromat you have your opening girl she is a model that lost her leg to toxic shock syndrome and she's there strutting her stuff i think that's great you have a plus size model in the collection i think that's great and that's not ashley graham amazing but <laughs> why is this one brand doing that i mean i'm sure there's many other brands yeah but why are we not bringing up enough why are we not bringing up enough why are we bringing enough awareness to this now i would love to see maybe shorter girls why do mm-hmm. they all have to be five foot ten their proportions are totally not the same as the average five foot three woman yeah and like even four. a consumer like how would you sell like my thing is i understand it looks glamorous on the runway but at the same time how can you know that 15 year old girl relate to that she's gonna still want to be a little bit more yeah. she's gonna she's not gonna be satisfied oh my god i'm so short sorry you can't help it we can't help yeah. it we want them to strive we want them to think that they could pull off that dress they could rock it. They could conquer a meeting or that party with this outfit. They, we want them to dream about it. We, I feel, we, we just want them to love it. And I just think that if we made things a little bit more accessible and if we exposed a more variety of women, mm-hmm. that maybe... And diversity. And diversity, yeah. I actually think that the economy and the fashion industry would go up a lot in luxury goods Mm -hmm. women are ready to spend money even if we can't afford it we will save and we will buy that five thousand dollar dress yeah we are so determined i think the woman is like one of the most determined beings in this in the world we run this and i really think that if we just added more people first of all eating disorders statistics would go down economy would go up and We'd have so many more names that deserve to be known out there, known and admired. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just yeah. <laughs> Represent. Representation matters. <laughs> yeah, you would think... I think um, fashion's been so inclusive because there's, like, this... It's almost like a secret society where specific people have power over what's put out. And they don't think yeah. they don't care about like they don't they probably don't even care about like making money. They just care about the inclusivity. It's literally I sometimes feel as if Anna Wintour is the Regina George of fashion. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and if you listen to what she says, it's so funny because the founder and CEO of Psychology Today, mm-hmm. she and her husband in the eighties used to sponsor a um, 
in the centerfold of Vogue, a plus size section. I learned this in this panel mm-hmm. that Martin sent me to last year, actually. That's amazing. And, yeah. And the minute Anna Winter had her hands on that, she cut the charter off for the plus size fa- section because she just thought it was a waste of time. Wow. That plus isn't glamorous. Mm-hmm. And now you see her having Ashley Graham as the cover. Yeah. I think whatever, I think Anna Winter is, she's like one of the main influences of fashion mm-hmm, and it won't be cool without her word but if people yeah. go back to what she has said and done it's very it's very cringeworthy yeah to see how hypocritical she can be mm-hmm. about the fashion industry and yeah. um you know we'll write about cooking with cannabis before we have a plus-size model yeah or you know we'll try to tackle down eating disorders and question what is feminist when all of our models are you know perhaps not that yeah normal weighted unfortunately yeah. probably very malnourished it's kind of like l magazine i remember like last year no a few months ago actually this was less than six months ago they had i think it was Meghan markle on the cover yeah. and they asked is makeup feminist and i was like none of your models are over size four here and you're asking what is feminism like your magazine isn't even feminist yeah so i think um unfortunately the term feminist has been been Mis- abused. It's a yeah, it's been abused and misused. Um, it's kind of like a marketing technique now. It's not even. It's yeah. It's very capitalized. Yeah. Um, the word's still there. It's still a powerful word, but yeah. some people just don't know how to. They malrepresent it, kind of like mm-hmm. the words of socialism and communism. Yeah. It's misrepresented immediately. You think of like dictatorship. Uh huh. Because as I think I read in an article that as soon as Trump became president, feminism sells. So. Everything that has feminism tagged onto it, it will increase oh, sales. hands down. So that's, it's a moneymaker. So that's why maybe even more like now that that term has been like thrown all over the place and used to make money. I bet you right now, if you go to Forever 21, you'll find five t-shirts that have yeah. feminist theme on it. And none of the proceeds will go to anything with for feminist cause. Yep. Just going to go into some mass market... Mm-hmm tycoon's pocket and call it a day yeah some fragile white man congrats yeah. guys we are giving our fragile. feminist t-shirt money to fragile white men oh man wait have you watched this is sidebar but you've watched black panther yes loved <laughs> loved shuri oh what shuri <laughs> another fragile white man to fix <laughs> oh, that queen don't scare me like that colonizer Oh, my God. She was my fucking Khaleesi. Oh, my fucking God. <gasps> she was so good. She was so funny. Um, She was my favorite. JC just kept on looking at me. He's like, I know you're enjoying this. I was like, fuck yeah, I am. This movie's fucking, oh, my God, I love her. I don't think a movie would be anything without the women in yeah, the film. Absolutely. Any of them. Yeah. Lu- fucking Lupita's character was like, yeah, I'm not with you. Because you don't give enough of a fuck about this country. You're not helping the oh, other yeah. countries. So until you do that, you can't have me, bitch. Hell yeah! Conditional! <laughs> Hell yeah. Don't get me started. Yeah. Yes. Um, so this... <laughs> so, th- th- I guess this leads to, like, if you want to... Do you want to talk about your project a little bit? Because it just ties into what we... I mean, you just talked about... For me, it's something a little similar. But I think the reason I stand to... St- I kind of had this realization of steering away from a traditional fashion industry field, whatever, is mm-hmm. just, um, I don't know how miserable these people are working these jobs, how production is really unethical, how um, it's been the boring, excuse my French, boring shit that's being pushed out every season, and oh, so repetitive. it's repetitive it's bad for the environment it's um excessive it's not a necess. it's not like a necessity i think um, i know i could start answering for you i really i know this isn't really about my thesis yes but what you're saying about like how the fashion industry is so fucked i honestly think it's such an easy fix but people aren't willing to dish out the money People are so greedy about the what's in their pocket that they don't want to dish out to fix. I look at, like, let's look at Google for a second. Let's look at the Google oh, yes. campus. Everything 
everything worked on for Google is in this one campus. None of the employees ever leave. They treat their employees so well. The one in um, the city? In California. Oh, California. And also the city. Like, they have their own restaurant. They have an indoor pool. Like, they don't have to pay for any of the food there. They have nap pods. Mm -hmm. Like, Google just takes care of your people. Like, they have a dry dry cleaning service. They have a day childcare for you there. Like, they make it so easy to work for them that you don't want to leave. You want to show... You want to show your loyalty to your employer. And I think that if fashion industries really did start doing that, like, pay your interns. Yeah. Maybe they'll do a better job. Especially that. Maybe they'll do a better job. Yeah. Maybe they'll bring you more swatches, and they might fetch you a coffee without your money. Without even you asking. As a thank you. Who knows? Uh, You know, if we give these junior, these just designed assistants a better raise, maybe some better health benefits. Maybe they'll stay longer. Maybe they'll give you better work. They'll feel more motivated. You know, there's something about that awareness. I look at all these brands like I, like the brand I work for. We are all about denim recycling and being a greener place for National Denim Day. We even made t-shirts of like how our government does not help take care of the environment. But here I'm looking at all these water bottles that we give to our clients. We don't have a recycle can. And no, and these water bottles are such a heavy plastic. They're not even biodegradable. And I'm just like, we can't come up. Like, there's an entire floor full of designers upstairs. You're going to tell me the product designer can't find a biodegradable way? We can't put these in pouches instead and put our logo on top of it? Like, that'd be dope. Or some, like, cardboard that has, like, maybe a wildflower seeds on the inside that they could bury it later and start, like, a cute garden or something to help bees pollinate because since the bees are dying... There's so many easy ways, I think. And, you know, manufacturing, why does it have to be overseas? We have the space here. Um, we could replace a lot of a lot of the electrical sources with solar panels if we wanted, or wind power. Um, how many bottles do we go through a year? It's just the execution is half-assed, like you said before. It's so half-assed. We're just being lazy because we want to save a buck. But at the end of the day, it might pay for itself if we just cough it all up now yeah it's gonna end up paying for itself ethically environmentally and financially Mm -hmm. in my opinion so the person i was talking about before was julie gilhart (laughs) but she was telling me that she uh so she's a creative business consultant for Uh a bunch of brands um so she's worked with people like amazon and uh jill sander prada um, so she is a very big name, Dope. but she got invited to a, uh, I believe it was a Dior show when, um, who was that anti-Semitic guy? John Galliano. John Galliano, when he was creative director there. And she sa- and she said the production was insane and there was like so much going on. And she sat down and I guess, I think she was telling us that she sat down next to, um, someone who was in charge of the expenses. And she asked, how much is this show, like, the production? And it was enough to feed three um, third world countries. That's insane. So she, that's, I, I think that was one of her turning points. She was like, this is disgusting. And she just left. Yeah. The brand I work for right now, um, they didn't have a show this fashion week. They did have a market, obviously. They had mm-hmm. people come to the office and look at their collection. They decided to bring all the money to charities of the celebrities choice they had like racks full of stuff and they had a photo shoot Mm -hmm. for people they just presented like their friends and family and like celebrities like portraits with the outfits that they chose to wear Mm -hmm. of the new collection and the money that they would have spent on on um on a fashion show they just donated to the charities of the smallest choices which was nice (laughs) but then you say it like you're not convinced i'm not convinced i don't buy it i don't buy it because, you know, the really cute ready-to-wear pieces, we only make a size 23 to 29, and then the 30, 31, 32, oh no, fat girls aren't going to wear that. Like, no, this fatty wants a $600 skirt. Like, hello. Was that too loud? I'm sorry. Um, They they really <laughs> limit their production for cost purposes, and I was like, just make a small number. They'll, they mm. will buy it. They will buy it. You know, between that, they swear that they're... The brand of our generation. I was like, your average consumer is 46 years old. I read the mock-up. And um, 
And then you don't recycle your fucking bottles. Anything. You don't recycle in your stores. Like, worldwide. And then we want to be this, like, super, like, alternative, all-inclusive, like, progressive brand. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't understand that. Props to you for donating all that production money, because that's a lot of money. Yeah, it is. That's, oh, that's, like, in the millions, mm-hmm. let's be honest, Yeah. to produce something like that. But it's yeah. just not... So if you were to make your own fashion line... Oh, hello. How, would, how would things look for Valentina Rodriguez? Honestly, I'd open up my own campus like Google. I'd want to have Ooh. everything manufactured there. Like, I'd open up, like, my own factory. I'd incorporate solar panels, for sure, because I'm from Florida, and Floridians hate sol- solar panels, so I'm <laughs> going to rebel. Um, I'd probably have my own herb garden, TBH, and all my employees can take all the fruits they want home. Fruit and, like, fruit and herb garden? Yeah, because I'm cool like that. <laughs> and I would probably have the same, like, business model as Google, but only with apparel. With apparel and fashion. I do want to open up my own nonprofit and a part of my outcome actually for thesis one of my four outcomes is a business mock-up for a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. i have like an entire book about but making your own nonprofit. it's very elaborate i gotta say it's a lot of different tax ideas um and it's about starting uh outreach for young children starting like when they're in pre-k up to high school and it's kind of like you know how like they always have someone they hire someone to bring you in and like do sex ed this one would be uh self-empowerment classes mm-hmm. And it would be about how it doesn't matter what's on the outside. As long as you're taking care of yourself, you're doing everything to be the best person you can be. I mean, obviously, I'd be promoting a healthy lifestyle of healthy eating habits and exercise and all that good stuff. But not bringing the pressure of weight to one. Mm -hmm. If you are trying to lose weight and it's not working, maybe go see a doctor. But that's absolutely no one else's business but yours. Mm -hmm. And if you are happy with the way you look, you are doing everything possible to be healthy, then by all means, it's no one else's business. Mm-hmm. Like, you shouldn't want to lose weight because you were told that you'd be prettier if you were 10 pounds thinner. Mm-hmm. You want to lose weight because maybe your cholesterol is a little bit high and it would help. Do it, but do it for the right reasons. Think about your health. Don't think about your vanity. And that would be what this entire outreach program would be. A part of it would be um, raising funding for families that that have loved ones that have an eating disorder but cannot afford the proper treatment for it mm-hmm. so that money proceeds would go towards that mm-hmm. and so kind of like your your fashion brand would uh just lost the word fund this um nonprofit. yeah yeah one of my other outcomes is making a t-shirt collection mm-hmm. of um doing digital sketches and nudes of like mm-hmm photographic nudes of mm-hmm. you know curvy women that don't have the traditional ideal body but they're fucking slaying they are beautiful they are sexy they are empowered and they're ready to take over mm-hmm. and it's um just digital sketches of their nudes and underneath says venus because we are all the goddess of beauty we are all our own goddesses and then my third one is actually a children's book that i'm making of adjectives you could say that someone looks besides beautiful skinny or heavy like, I am empowered, I am confident, I am healthy, I am radiant. All these words that don't have to do anything with vanity to focus on something beyond outer mm-hmm. beauty. So, that's that. I'd, I think you could also include in the book, like, how to address other people as well. Because you know how kids are. Kids are assholes. <laughs> they are. They're the worst. They're very blunt. And, and the oldest of five. The youngest one is three. They suck. Keep on. <laughs> so, like, maybe... <laughs> fucking hate them. <laughs> the form of, like, how you were saying I am empowered, but instead of I, you could also have a you section. Yeah. Um, That'd be really cool. Or we are empowered. Yeah, we. We are confident. Yeah. We are intelligent. We are kind. Yeah. We do not bully our sisters. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm um, traumatized. You? Oh my god. All my little cousins and like oh, my yeah. siblings and my little cousin Mia. Let's just, um, I guess we can wrap up with um, your thesis concept since we're both working on our thesis and we're both crying and putting our blood, sweat, and tears into yeah. it. Um, so you could just explain so we tie everything up at the end since it will scatter throughout. Yeah. So my thesis is your thesis's first cousin, um, <laughs> maybe a half sister, who knows? You are Del Carmen, anyways. But, um, so my thesis is kind of, it's very conceptual. I'm usually a very traditional 
uh, designer. Usually just work with wovens and knits and just call it a day and, you know, I'll drape a lot. I'm a draper. Um, but this time I decided to make my entire thesis on 100% latex to kind of like represent the same body girdles, the fajas, that are used in post-operative procedures. And it's a big like, like, look what you made me do, a really big FU to society for the extreme measures women go through starting in their very early teens just to kind of like meet this mold to meet the standard of what is beauty and we are all forced into these fad diets and buying all these diet pills and products just to kind of reach this unattainable goal without any extreme extreme body modifications that consider surgery and going under a knife and nothing wrong with it i think i'm very pro body modification kidding me i grew up in miami i have no other choice <laughs> but as long as you're doing it for the reasons, for selfish reasons, as long as you're doing it for you, if you're going to be selfish about anything, be selfish about your body. Don't get bigger boobs because you have noticed a man likes bigger boobs or you will feel more accepted with a flatter tummy. Get it because, hey, maybe you've worked your ass off and that's just a really stubborn area that won't go away and you would really like it to just see it go. Just mm -hmm. do it more because you worked for it, because you fucking deserve it, because... It's just something that you want to do, not mm -hmm. because you were urged to after all these years. You know, I remember being 15 and I was told that I should go see a doctor for lipo since I'm 15. I'm a woman. And I actually went for a consultation and I realized, is this something I really want? At that time, no, it wasn't. Now at 21, I work out. I try to lose weight, but I have a lot of trouble struggling. I struggle mm -hmm. a lot with my weight. I understand I have hormone deficiency. So chances are I might need to, to get to what I want and to be at a healthier weight. I might need that surgery now but when i was 15 no i was not in the right mental capacity for that um so it's made up all latex and i'm pretty much putting in focal points with some uh embellishments on any areas that my models have felt self-conscious over and i'm using i might make like a puffer-esque like details on some of it and i'm working with latex for the first time i don't even know how that works but i'm gluing my mm -hmm. entire collection it's very intense yeah and it yeah. has so much ammonia, this damn glue, but it's worth it. I'm very excited for it. And yeah, and then my outcomes are just the little babies for it, the nonprofit, the book, and the t-shirts. And, mm -hmm. you know, the plan is post-grad that I actually do launch this nonprofit. I could sell the t-shirts for profit to give towards the nonprofit and the nonprofit paying my college tuition. <laughs> and... Who knows? Maybe I'll submit my book for publication afterwards, oh. and then just the collections, just my concepts, like my little trophies there. Like, these were my babies. This was my big fuck you to society. It's more of our, an artistic installation than it yeah. is, like, ready to wear, I feel. Mm -hmm. My girl cannot wear that to a party. She will die of heat, of a heat stroke. <laughs> but it's dope for a picture, and it mm -hmm. gets the message across. And there's something very raw and vulnerable about these pieces, I feel, for how tight they're cinching at them. Mm -hmm. And you could you could see every detail of my girl. It won't mm -hmm. hide a thing. And, you know, it's your second skin. Yeah. And that's kind of like what we create on ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's my thesis. Just a little question I have. Um, Go for it. Using latex, is it also like addressing some kind of fetishism? Or is that just the faha? Latex is naturally known for fetish wear. Yeah. Like, for example, when I was looking for all these things, like, even my glue for latex, the only places I could find them were on BDSM German fetish websites. Mm. And that was very difficult. I was looking for a seamstress to help me, because I don't know how to work with latex, and all I could find was BDSM latex specialists. Mm -hmm. Not your average seamstress does it. Yeah. So latex, there's something very sexy about latex, but at the same time, I feel as if it's so known into the BDSM culture usually known, worn by dominatrixes or submissives, because it does have this element of heat and pain. I've tried on these latex outfits. They are not comfortable. Yeah, don't you have to oil yourself up to get them in? Yeah. Oh, wow. and, yeah. Or, like, talc yourself up. It's very, very hot. Yeah. It's very, very sticky in there. So it wasn't like you weren't intentionally going, using that route in real like It wasn't intentional, but I just feel as if body modifications overall just like mm -hmm. this just the woman's body and what we do with it overall is so fetishized mm -hmm. that we're kind of like toys and latex i think and especially when you put it in the bdsm culture it's kind of like the use of a toy yeah like you're kind of like using each other 
yeah. in a way. In a respectful manner, yes, of course. Yes. In a respectable manner of communication, but it's also, like, with that element of it. Yeah. Um. No. So, it's not intentional, but it just... But it kind of just falls. It yeah. It kind of, like, fell into that. Mm-hmm. Which is funny, because, yeah, it's just... Yeah, it just kind of fell into place. Yeah. Yeah. So, where can the people find you? Oh, my God. Find me on Instagram <laughs> at sergeantsparkles.com and on my website that is tbh under construction right now, valrz.com. Um, or just text me. Slide into those DMs. Through Instagram, not cell phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not giving cell phone numbers out. <laughs> no. Bang. Okay, so thank you for coming on again. Thanks for having me, friend. Always. <laughs> And thank you guys for listening, and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Pulses is edited and produced by me, Patty Wong. Today's guest is Valentina Rodriguez Zapata. You can find her on Instagram at Sergeant underscore Sparkle. Her website is valrz.com. And per her request, today's music is I Know by Allie and AJ.